Hello everyone and welcome in to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. Week 5 of college football and boy do we have a fun show coming for you today. K-State beats Oklahoma, prepares for Texas Tech. We're going to talk about all that and more on this episode of the Friday Walkthrough. We are sponsored by the part-time beverage company. The first half is sponsored by Club Special. The second half is sponsored by the Cape Cod. Make sure you're getting in, trying those drinks. Make sure you're hitting subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to GoPowerCat.com and wherever else you get your podcasts. Wow. What a win for K-State on Saturday. Big win. Big win. You know, um, going back to last week, we were talking about predictions, what we expect. You were the only one who picked K-State to know of anybody I talked to, by the way, so congratulations. Appreciate it. I have faith in the guys, and we talked about what needed to happen. We knew we had the pieces um, there to make it happen. And not saying that you know I predicted specifically what was going to happen, but they kind of went by a script what we talked about what needed mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. Martinez did the RPO, had a lot of big runs, some big uh, throws, confident throws. What shocked me initially was the throws to Stennett. Uh, early because he played a role in blocking, but he hadn't had a lot of balls thrown to him. And then when he had them thrown to him, he was a load to bring down. He he played well. So, so kudos to him. I'm excited for him. I'm excited for uh, Mr. Martinez. But before we go any further, you know, um, we were kind of rough on the O-line. Yeah. And, and me specifically, you know, I, I didn't fall out of love with them, <laughs> but I was frustrated with them. It's kind of a relationship thing. I'm like, guys, you can do better. Yeah. And now I'm kind of in love with them again. But they just dominated. It was it was amazing because yeah. that was a performance that I don't think anybody saw coming on the from the offensive line standpoint to get bullied like they did against Tulane. I mean, nope. let's just call it how it is. They did not play well against Tulane, yeah. and then they come back against a team like Oklahoma and showed the most dominating effort of the entire season. You could tell from the very first drive of the game that the offensive line was not gonna was not going to mess around because Cooper Beebe, I thought, played an Ooh, outstanding man. game at left guard between yes. pulling around, between sealing the edge, and, and even a guy like Christian Duffy at right tackle, a guy who kind of is an unsung hero. Mm-hmm. I thought he might have played the best game of his career at right tackle. The fact that they're able to run the ball in the middle of the field, in the, you know, between the tackles, right. that's something they couldn't do against Tulane. And it, <laughs> it, just, it just shows you how good of a coach Connor Riley is at that offensive line, with that offensive line group to be able to make that adjustment adjustment because if they weren't able to run the ball, I don't think Adrian Martinez has the game that he has. Oh, not, it's not even a chance, you know, and, and a lot of people forget that. And Adrian deserves all the praise that he has gotten uh, since Saturday and moving into this week. But like you said, the O-line deserves even more credit. But the best part about it for me was watching the O-line, they were dominating, they were physical, and they were having fun fun mm-hmm. you could you could tell and then after every play they were huddling back up high-fiving each other i saw smiles on their faces they were confident they weren't intimidated by oklahoma and you can tell the oklahoma d linemen and linebackers were getting frustrated because they knew we were the more dominant and the more physical team that night so this is to me when k-state went up 14 to nothing you knew okay they're going to be in this game. You knew Oklahoma was going to come back. You're, yeah. you're playing in Norman. Crazy stuff happens. Oklahoma is going to come back. It's not going to be a route. But the fact that K-State drove down on two straight possessions and got two straight touchdowns, they sent a message that said, we are here. And the fact that they never had to come from behind in yeah. this game, they won the toss. They elected to receive, and they went down and scored a touchdown on the opening drive. And then on the second drive, they go down and score a touchdown. To me, the biggest play 
of that whole entire first half comes on the very third play of the game. It's third and 12, Adrian Martinez. He rolls out, can't find anybody open. He takes off trying to scramble for the first down. He gets tackled or wrapped up about, what, four yards short of the first down? Yeah. Carries four Oklahoma defenders with him past the sticks. It's that moment that I was sitting up there in the press box saying, okay, yep. they're here to play. Yep. And that's one of those things where coaches, I've said it, I've had coaches tell me, I've heard legendary coaches say it, it's a time and a place where you have to impose your will on the opponent, and no matter what they do, no matter what they give you, you will impose your will, and you let them know this is my time, and that's what he did, and he just he showed up and showed out. So K State as a team, uh, I'll see if I can remember all these awards off the top of my head. <laughs> cheese it, te- cheese it bowl team of the week. I saw that. Adrian Martinez, the Davy O'Brien quarterback of the week. He was also Big Twelve Player of the week. Yep. Kobe Savage at safety was Big Twelve Newcomer yep. of the week. Yep. And I believe they were up for like the Capital One Orange Bowl or Capital they One were. Bowl team yeah. of the week. I'm not sure you're if they correct. won that or not, yeah, but those are all the awards uh, for K State beating Oklahoma. I want to talk about the defense because we'll talk more some more about Adrian Martinez. Yeah. But the defense, Chris Kleiman talked about it on Tuesday. He said, "Yes, we played well, but mm-hmm. we didn't play our best." Yep. I understand that, but with how fast Oklahoma was going on offense, K State had not seen anything close to that. I felt like they held their own. They did. They did, and you and. For the national crowd who may not follow K-State week to week like we do, they saw a good defensive team. But we saw pieces in there. Um, some, some guys, um, the young man from uh, Topeka Hayden uh, came in at linebacker, mm-hmm. and he had played some at, at special teams and nickelback, nickel linebacker, but he played a lot of reps. Once he got his feet settled, he, he made some plays. But a lot of times, too, yeah, Oklahoma moved the ball, but every catch with the exception of maybe two or three was contested, and every time they got the ball – they were, they were met with physical tackles, and they knew it. And our secondary was flying around. Our backers were flying around. Our D-line was manhandling their interior line. So our defense, that's, it, was, it reminded me of the old lynch mob. So I'm curious what you think about the secondary's play in particular because yeah. I, I tweeted a play out that I thought was very important in the game. Drake Cheatham, the, the transfer from Prairie View, mm-hmm. he, he was a third and ten, I believe, in the, the first drive of the second half for Oklahoma. K-State's up a touchdown. But they're in K-State's territory. They swing a little motion out to the left side. That's Drake Cheatham's man. He comes sprinting across yes. the line, okay. makes an open field tackle. To me, I, I've said this before, I think that might have been the play of the game because there's nobody around. Oklahoma did a great job of blocking on that play. Mm-hmm. If Drake Cheatham misses that tackle, that's a touchdown. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think the secondary in particular had a really good game considering all the guys that A, all the guys that played, mm-hmm. and B, how fast they gone, but how fast Oklahoma went. But I'm curious. Curious what you saw from the secondary. No, they looked they, they they were lined up properly. They had confidence. They were good in the run game. They were good in the pass game. And they were good about adjusting to the speed of the game. Like you said, Oklahoma did a good job of going fast, and most teams would have folded. You know, if you look at the Nebraska game prior to them playing, Nebraska secondary didn't have a chance mm-hmm. on how fast Oklahoma was going. But our guys, they didn't panic when they gave up yardage. They regrouped. They were talking, communicating. Next play, they made up for it. You know, so they were prepared. Honestly, that probably was the best secondary performance of all the Big 12 games I watched over the weekend. It was impressive, and I think a big part of that, Josh Hayes played a lot in the slot. Yes, he did. He played a lot in the slot. We've heard Joe Klinderman talk about how good of a coverage guy he is. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's a really good safety, but yeah. they want to use his coverage skills too. Yep. They put him down in the slot, and a guy we talked about, Drake Stoops, yeah. no catches. Yep, yep. No catches. Yeah. That that just is a testament to, I mean, that's a guy they want to get the ball to. Yeah. And for him to have no catches, sure, you're going to give up your big plays to Marvin Mims, mm-hmm. like we saw the freshman Omar Daniels got beat but yeah. again 
if you can hold a guy who's they usually depend on in Drake Stoops and no catches, yeah. that's impressive. Yeah, and he he did a good job on Mims. There was one play where they had him Mims in the uh, in the slot solo up, and he was with them step for step. And the commentators are going on, you know, I don't think there's a guy in the Big Twelve that can run with him man to man. And sure enough, three or four plays later, he did it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we got a guy <laughs> that can do it. So it felt good to be a fan and a former player watching those guys play. And uh, it the, the sky's the limit. If we stay healthy, we continue to get better, get more depth. It's going to be fun to watch these guys. And and the secondary, first of all, flying around making plays. Yeah. We'll talk more about them in the second half. An, op- uh, an opponent in Texas Tech who's turned the ball over quite a bit. So we'll be sure to talk about them as we preview Texas Tech in the second half. Moving over to the linebackers, I thought this was fascinating. You have a guy, Nick Allen, who is a former walk-on, a fifth-year senior, special teams captain, special teams leader, he is playing Mike Linebacker against Oklahoma alongside Austin Moore, another walk-on from Kansas. I asked Austin Moore at media availability on Tuesday, have you had conversations with Nick Allen? Like, are you guys talking about, hey, we're both walk-ons from Kansas? And he goes, actually, yeah, we call ourselves, call ourselves the Busiris brothers <laughs> because Lewisburg and Blue Valley Southwest, Busiris right. is in the middle. It's just it's cool to see yeah. guys like that playing at K-State. They were That was the most outstanding linebacker play considering the situation – I think I've seen K-State have in a long time. You're right. And those guys, you, I don't know them personally, but watching them, they, they, they read the guards. And, and first of all, they're physical guys, but they're smart players. Yeah. And they're in the right position. And that's what K-State loves. You don't have to be the most athletic guy to play at K-State. But if you are smart, fundamentally sound, and you play hard, you're going to be successful. And that's an example. Those two are a prime example of how to be a successful linebacker in a Power 5 school in a, in a top one of the top conferences in the nation against one of the top teams at that time, number six, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. on the road. So those two guys have showed that Kansas kids can play with anybody in the nation. I get it. You get these stars. I'm not a fan of stars because you don't know what you really have mm-hmm. until you put a kid in the situation. But those two showed, being the walk-ons, they can play and, and be prog- uh, make great progress and be productive on the team. And you look at the defensive line, too. We haven't even talked really about Felix oh. Inyadike Uzama that much yeah. th- this year because he's been relatively quiet, but he's getting double teamed every double. Yeah. single play. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed this or not, the very first play of the game, that's what Oklahoma did, and they said, we're going to single block Eli Huggins. Well, that was a bad idea. He makes a tackle in the backfield. Eli Huggins has had an outstanding season at nose guard because he's getting single blocked. Mm -hmm. It's just not a good idea if you're an opposing team. Yeah, and and I guarantee, and Tech knows, like last year we talked about um, Felix, he had his coming out party, but Huggins ragdolled a couple of guys, and not just the running backs. He was ragdogging centers and guards. They were coming and blocking him, and he was basically saying, Okay, I know you're supposed to block me, but get off me, and I'm gonna make this play. And he did it consistently. There was one point in the game, if you watched on TV, where his face mask was bent, <laughs> and he kept playing. He finally went out and got it fixed. But that's another guy that came to show that showed that he came ready to play, and they, and they showed up, man. It was a bend but don't break effort. Absolutely. In reality, they held Oklahoma to 27 points. Yeah. They scored a touchdown at the end of the game, but in reality, they held Oklahoma to 27 points through. 58 minutes. Mm -hmm. It was an outstanding effort by the defense. On the offensive side, I mean, uh, Adrian Martinez, what can you say? I mean, the kid kid proved everybody wrong, and he had his back against the wall and showed that, you know what, I am better than what I've shown. Mm -hmm. I'm better than what I showed at Nebraska. This is how I'm going to play. The expectations are now there for him to repeat that every single week, at least come close to that. Maybe not the outstanding effort he had, but – I mean, he just could do no wrong on Saturday. He couldn't. And, and you could tell at the end of the game, his teammates, his coaches 
were so happy for him. You know, you get a lot of teams, they some guys will show a fake smile and high five because it's the thing to do. I could tell every guy that came up to him during the game and after the game, there was a genuine joy for him because they know the media had drugged him the week before. Mm-hmm. There were fans calling for his head, you know, played a freshman kid, um, what's going on, the play calling. But they could, you could tell everybody in that team, they bought in. They said, you know what, we're going to block out the outside noise. We know what you can do. We've seen you do it this summer. We've seen you do it in the camp. Go do it, and he did it, and I was happy for him, you know. And it's one of those things where he showed that he can play. And I think, honestly, moving forward, teams have to respect him. And I know K-State trusts him to do more and more each week. And, and speaking of that, Coach Klein called a phenomenal yep. game. Yep. Yeah, so I was really happy. That's where I was going next. I felt like I was watching uh, Colin Klein playing quarterback a little bit. <laughs> How many quarterback powers did we see? Seriously. Count quarterback counter plays, some read option plays. It felt like it was Colin Klein and John Hubert in the backfield <laughs> as opposed to Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn. You're right. I mean, the, the schematically, the fa- how they, they managed the game. I mean, there was so much more pre-snap motion. Yes. There's a lot more eye candy, right? It, it was it was really a good job by Colin Klein. If that's, the, that's the offense we saw in the bowl game. Yeah, it is. It is. And it was smooth. It was fluid. Um, guys were getting the blocks. And there was no hesitation. With uh, with Martinez in the backfield, uh, what second and third touchdown when they're on the goal line and they faked it to Deuce. All, everybody went to Deuce. He pulled it at the last mm-hmm. minute. He he maybe one guy touched him, but he basically went untouched into the end zone. And that reminded me so much of Colin when he played, and that brought the biggest smile on my face because with K State, you know, you get these new offenses, you get everybody up and coming. K State's been known for recycling a lot of plays, and they run it because it works. And football is football, and they do a good job of it. It was it was outstanding to watch. Adrian Martinez played the best game of his career. Yes. And, yep. you know, you hope for the kid that he can emulate that each and every week because if he can, not only is it going to help K-State, but it's going to help his future too. Those are, the type, that, those are the type of things that you look for out of your quarterback. Last thing I want to ask you before we wrap up this first half and transition to the second half, um, how does K-State keep this underdog mentality but also knowing that they're the hunted. Because when you're at Oklahoma, you are the hunters. Mm-hmm. That target is now on K-State's back. They're one and only play. How do they maintain this underdog mentality while also knowing that they are the hunted? There are so many variables that, that's taking place right now. And for me, if I was part of this current team, number one, I, was, I won't forget the loss to Tulane. Mm-hmm. You got to understand that. You know, because everybody doubted you. you. Yes, forget about it, but it needs to stick in your head. For two, you got some national media, some national love. We're in top 25 now. We've been there before, but we can't worry about that. But the most important, you're 1-0 in the Big 12, and you're in a position to be great, you know. So you're so many steps above other teams. And knowing you have a tech team coming in that's played two overtime games, that's you, your favorite, but that more, if, if you don't understand – what's ahead of you as a player and as a team, that's on you. So I don't think they have any problem getting ready for this Tech game because they know Oklahoma was great, but it's done. It's done and over with moving forward because if you lose a Tech, Oklahoma game means nothing. Kind of like we beat Missouri. We were all, hey, K-State, oh, crap, we lost Tulane. Uh, Same old K-State. Doesn't matter. So we have to win this game at Tech, you know, because if not, we beat Oklahoma, so what? Now you're one and one in the Big 12, and you're kind of in the middle of the pack of that. Yep. We'll talk more about that as we get ready to go for the second half here on the Friday Walkthrough, and we will see you after this short break. 
Welcome back in here to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. We're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. The first half sponsored by Club Special. The second half sponsored by Cape Cod. Let's get into this game against Texas Tech. You talked about it at the end of the first half, but obviously for many reasons, this game is massively important. I want to talk about Tech before we get into the bigger picture stuff. They go fast. Monty, they ran over 100 plays against Texas last Saturday. Yeah, and we have depth at linebacker. We have depth at D-line. We have depth at secondary. That's going to pay off this week because you're going to have to have a lot of guys ready to play a lot of snaps. I'm thankful that the game is at 11 o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. rather than in the afternoon where it could be potentially very hot. You know, Kansas weather, you never know. So hopefully that plays in our favor as well. But they do go fast. But on the flip side, the fact when they do go fast, if they make a mistake, and, and first down is going to be key. Like coaches say, you have to win first down. So if K-State can limit Tech to three yards or less on first down, that's a win for us because at that point it uh, minimizes what they can do in their playbook and it forces them to slow down a little bit. But we have to be focused on first down and winning first down, so that's going to be key. As much as I love watching Tech play, this week I don't want to see them going fast. <laughs> so as a player, I mean, when you play, obviously it was a little bit different. It wasn't every single week where there's tempo, tempo, tempo mm-hmm. like there is now. But was there a team that you can remember that, I mean, maybe not 100 plays in a mm-hmm. game, but was in that 75 to 85 range that you can – and how just taxing was that as a defensive player? Very. It's kind of ironic you say that. Uh, I was fortunate enough to play in the very first Big 12 game and it was Texas Tech and K-State. Uh, I remember the temperature was ridiculously hot. We, I was a redshirt sophomore, I want to say, that, that, that year, and uh, we played several numbers, several guys cramped up. Uh, we, were, we were rolling in and out. Um, it was crazy. We ended up winning 21-14, I want to believe the score was. But it definitely takes a toll on you, and we thought we were in good shape. And, and we probably were, but it's one of those games where you just go and go, and it takes a toll on you mentally and physically. But for K-State, they need to get up early. And so if they get up early, yeah, Tech will still play fast, but we can slow up. We have a good run game, Mm -hmm. so we can slow it down. So we need to get up early, use a run game in our favor, and keep our defense off the field. But as a player, it was definitely uh, a very taxing situation. But it was fun. We got the win. Do you think that playing Oklahoma – where they, I mean, they they go, they went really fast too because there was times where Oklahoma fans would complain because Oklahoma would get a first down and the PA announcer would say boomer and then the rest of the crowd would say sooner. Right. Well, as right as they're about ready to snap the ball, the all the all the fans are yelling sooner. It's causing a causing a false start. Those are what Oklahoma fans are claiming anyway. Right. <laughs> okay, you're blaming your own PA announcer, but nonetheless, uh, do you think going as fast as OU went that's going to help K State this week? It will. It will. The biggest difference with K uh, with Texas Tech and OU. Tech tends to uh, send their receivers out wider, and it's tough because you have to defend the whole field. With Oklahoma, you you defend the whole field, but you kind of had a good idea of who they wanted to go to, where they wanted to go. With Tech, they would line guys up almost to the sideline, and those quick screens, those bubbles, they're hard to defend, and they do a good job of blocking on the edge. But I think the tempo of the game last Saturday definitely prepared the guys for this coming Saturday. And what's interesting is Texas Tech is coached by Joey McGuire, who – his first year as the head coach yeah. at Texas Tech. He was at Baylor before and before that <laughs> longtime head coach for high school in Texas. Yep. You have appreciation for this, but I, I found it fascinating because at Big 12 Media Days, we're sitting there working on stuff and, you know, vaguely listening to his, you know, his press conference in the background. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is one of the only first times he's talked to the media. And, and he said, you know what, I am a high school coach who's coaching college. Yep. And to me, 
you know, I'm, I'm sitting there going, is that the best thing to say? But looking back on it, this Texas Tech team, I believe, has gone for it. There's only three teams that have gone for it on fourth down mm-hmm. more than they have. That yeah. is that high school, you know, we're going to go for it no matter what mentality. And he went for it fourth and seven in his own territory against Texas, ended up getting the first down mm-hmm. on the opening drive of the second half yeah. when it was like a one-score game. You know, it speaks volumes about him. And it's funny you say that because I have um, kind of an insight, insight, insight on that program. A good buddy of mine who I went to high school with, Emmett Jones, uh, he was recently he he was he went to high school he went to Tech out of high school, um, played there. He was a backup quarterback behind Zebby Lethridge, ended up um, transferring to Utah for a couple of years and then North Texas. But anyway, he was on Cliff Kingsbury's staff, mm-hmm. so he's been there for a while. When Kingsbury got fired, he ended up getting hired by Les Miles at KU. Mm-hmm. He was the for a short time he was the um, interim head coach at KU, and then he was with uh, Lipo for a while. And then when the coach at Tech got the job, they brought him back. So he's back with them. Emmett, we, we chat often, not a whole lot, but those guys believe in that staff 100%. They're bought in. And, and, and there's no doubt about what they believe. So when you have the whole team bought in that quick, if you go for it on fourth and seven, that's not even a surprise because they, they believe. It reminded me of the Chargers last year with Brendan Staley, the coach yeah. there, going against whoever they went. All right, we're going for it. Yep. You know, we're going to get try and get seven points. And so that's going to be something that K-State has to deal with because not only do they go super fast, yes. <laughs> but just because you get three stops. Fort down. You, you got to get one more to get off the field. Absolutely. And Absolutely. it'll be fascinating to see how K-State handles that and how Texas Tech handles it, quite frankly, because if K-State gets up on them early, are they more prone to go for it, or is are they going to be more conservative? It'll be fascinating, but you know that mindset is it's analytic driven. Mm-hmm. You know this is what we're seeing now with football. So I mean, credit to them for doing that. And Chris Kleiman has talked about it too. They're a very analytical team too. Yeah. K State goes for it a lot on fourth down. Oh, yeah. um, we saw that in the Oklahoma game. Well, I'm sure that'll continue. But I, I'm excited for this game because um, just because you get three stops, it doesn't mean you're getting off the field. Yep, exactly. And that's one of those things where I think K State understands that they'll be prepared for it they'll keep a lot of guys ready to run in and out uh, based on down and distance and personnel but uh, on another side of the about the game i think k-state and and we talk about it all the time k-state special teams will play a major role but i think the biggest determining factor of how the game will sway is turnovers Mm -hmm. and i think our defense will force at least two turnovers at least and if they can do that that puts us in a great position to be successful. K-State and Oklahoma did not have a turnover in that game. It was a very rare thing to see in college football now. Neither team had turnovers. Um, But you mentioned turnovers, interceptions, fumbles. Donovan Smith, the quarterback for Texas Tech, he's the backup quarterback, but he's had to play their starters injured. Mm -hmm. All signs indicate that Smith will be the starter against K-State. He's a a good quarterback. He's put up some good numbers, but he's thrown five interceptions already, including three interceptions in a game against Houston, which they ended up winning in overtime. Mm -hmm. But he will turn the ball over. Yeah, he will. He's young, but he's he's fearless, and he's one of those kids where uh, they allow him to go make plays and, and, and that's one of the things I think the coaching staff says, you know what, we're going to take our chances with them, you know, take the good with the bad, you know. And they've been successful, more good than not, uh, with some victories. So, and, and including last week against Texas. Mm-hmm. So, they're okay with it. He's going to take his uh, learning curve and, and go from there and just take his growing pains. And I think they're going to ride with him as long as they can. But that could play uh, pay, pay off for us come Saturday because if he does continue to throw interceptions or turn the ball over, we're more most likely going to score. Tech defense is good, 
but not great. Yeah, they're they're not they're they're pretty average. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. they they've put up some decent numbers. I think they gave up like seven points to you know their their FCS opponent, and yeah. you know, kind of what we've seen with K State. But they're battle tested. They played NC State on the road, who now is a top ten team, which <laughs> you can make an argument. Do they belong there? I don't know. You know, ACC is not exactly the best conference in America this year, but they did. They went on the road. They lost by two scores, and then they come back and they beat Texas. And I want to ask you because being from Texas, you understand. What those rivalries mean? Yeah. How important is that Texas Tech to Texas rivalry? It's important. It's more important to Tech than it is to Texas because you gotta understand the attitude of UT, and and, and it, I, I get it. Everybody is little brother to them. TCU, SMU, Texas Tech, Baylor. You know, and even when they're losing to those teams, <laughs> their fan base still looks at them as. Little brother. Mm-hmm. So I know Tech for them is a bigger game in Texas. Texas don't don't want to lose. Don't get me wrong, but it's not as important to them as the OU game for Texas. But for Texas Tech, absolutely, it's a big game. So since they won that game, which is a, it's a great win. First of yeah, all, I mean yeah. it's a Texas team who had a one point loss to Alabama, right? But I feel like there's going to be kind of a hangover. And and I've talked about this. We talked about it on our questions podcast. But you know, for K State, sure. You lose, you beat Oklahoma, mm-hmm. but you're coming home. Yeah. You have Texas Tech, who they just beat Texas. They have to go on the road. Both teams are coming off of big losses or but big wins, excuse me. Do you feel like there's any going to be any kind of hangover for either team? I think for Tech, absolutely. For K State, no. I think K State is in a situation where they understand. You know what? Yeah, you guys beat Texas. We beat Oklahoma on the road. You guys went at home. Like I said, we're on the road. But I think t- uh, uh, K State has more dog in them. They they want it more. And Tech is happy to be where they're at with a new coach, new players, and still be uh, above 500 at this point. So I think K-State wants it more. And I think when they come to Manhattan, whenever you come home to Manhattan and play in front of your home crowd after a big win, you want to show them, see, it wasn't a fluke. Mm-hmm. And we're going to show you how we did it and why we did it. I find it hard to believe that K-State's going to have another two-lane game against no, Texas Tech. I'd be shocked. I, I don't see that happening just because I think this team is laser-focused. in. But there is some things I want to talk about offensively. We talked a lot about the defense so far in this episode. But offensively, they did some really good things. And I think a lot of the stuff is repeatable. But a lot of those plays where Adrian Martinez was successful was him getting outside of the pocket, mm-hmm. improvising. We didn't see that the first three weeks of the season. I mean, as an offensive coordinator, is there a is there a line where you say, we want to make sure that you stay within the offense, but we also want to give you enough free reign to do what you do? We see it with the Chiefs all the time in Patrick Mahomes. He'll run around and throw a ball 50 yards down the field. Yeah. That wasn't the play that was called, but it worked. I, I, I'm curious, you know, as a, from a coach's standpoint, is there ever a, a line in where you say, play your game, but stay within the offense? Um, I've, I've never been an offensive coach, uh, more so defense, but I have seen offensive coordinators, depending on the player, they allow them to have a little more leash. You know, it's one of those things where down and distance the game, where we're at in that point. And I think last week, if, if he had a short leash, I think last week gave him a, a little more mm-hmm. uh, length on that leash, and I think it's going to continue to grow. But it's based on who you're playing and based on what you got going on. And the good thing for Adrian is he has deuce. And so he don't have to be the guy. You know, you get some teams, like in the pro game, uh, Lamar Jackson has his tight end, and that's kind of about it. So mm-hmm. he has to do a lot more. Mahomes has weapons he can create. 
and Adrian has weapons. So he still can create, but he doesn't have to push as hard unless all the other options are taken. You know, on that long, that, that um, fourth down, um, in the long run towards the end, he, he read his uh, progressions. Nothing was open. The, they had a great pocket. He stepped up. He said, all right, it's my time to show up, and he did. How important is it to get Deuce Vaughn involved in the passing game? Because that's something that you and I have talked about mm-hmm. at length. Is you got to get Deuce in the passing game. I think this is the week because they're going to try and control the ball more. They can sit here and say, oh, we don't care about controlling the clock as much. We just want to score points. But they want to control the clock. There's got to be ways to get Deuce Vaughn the ball where it's not just handing him the football. Because if they can line him up in the slot, specifically against a team like Texas Tech, mm-hmm. who doesn't have the athletes like Oklahoma does. Right. You have a mismatch anytime Deuce Vaughn is lined up in the slot. You do. And my only concern or question would be this week moving forward, um, how much of a blitz package is Tech going to bring? Because they understand they can't cover the back end for very long. So if I'm a DC, okay, you know, I'm going to put my guys on the island, but I'm going to put pressure on them and force them to get the ball out early. And with that being said, and you watch it in the world mm-hmm. saw where Deuce is great in pass protection. Yeah, so is. that might force K-State to keep him in the pocket to protect Martinez. If that's the case, I'm okay with that. If they don't be in pressure, absolutely. Motion him out, put him, line him up in a slot or have him leak out the backfield and get him the ball in open space because you saw what he did to Oklahoma defenders in the run game, and yeah. they were like great tacklers. Yeah. He made a lot of them look silly. And I can imagine what he can do in open space against Tech. It's amazing to me how well the offensive line picked up those blitzes as well. They had hat on hat, five on five. They picked up their guy. That's You talked about that long run with Adrian. Yeah. That's what made it so successful. Yeah. Nobody got beat on that play. No. And if K-State can continue that, not only on the offensive line, you throw Deuce Vaughn in there as a, as a blocker. And then if you can motion him out as a receiver, I mean, the weapons are endless. Um, and you mentioned special teams. We, we don't have enough time to talk about the special teams. But it was just an overall effort, amazing effort against OU. And the pieces are there for this team to continue that against Texas Tech. Absolutely. You know, I'm excited about the game. Uh, I'll be at the game this weekend. And I think it's an opportunity for K-State to get better, get more guys, more reps, uh, quality individuals in, and also send a message to the rest of the Big 12. I know I'm not sure what the odds were going into the season of us being in the Big 12 championship game, but we're in the right track. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but a win against Tech will be the step in the right direction. So I'm excited for the kids. So as we get into our predictions here at the end of the show, you went first last time. I'll let you go first again. <laughs> what do you have as your score, and who wins K-State and Texas Tech? Um, I'm leaning a little bit, probably 34 points, 34-21 K-State. 34-21, the spread's eight, so K-State would cover. I'm going to take K-State to cover as well. I do think they'll win. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a little bit more high scoring okay. than people think. I'm going to go 42 to. 31. Okay, I think enough. K-State's going to put up some points. And, you know, I, I'm not saying I don't think this Texas Tech defense is that good. Yeah. But it's going to be a fun game. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun game. They both have athletes on both sides of the ball. Both have colorful coaches, uh, fun fan bases. And I think it's going to be a good time. That is right. That's Monty Spiller. I'm Cole Carmody. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Friday Walkthrough. We're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. Make sure you hit subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you go subscribe to Go Powercat and subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy the game on Saturday, and we will talk to you next Friday.